Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm Chris Broad and we're joined by top London radio DJ, Japanophile, and now birthday boy, Pete Ronald McDonaldson. Thank you, mate. Thank you for giving me a birthday bump, so to speak. Yeah, I had a nice time. You're also a Taurus, though, aren't you? You're also an April birthday boy. I am a Taurus. Yes, uh, I didn't know that. I didn't know our birthdays were two weeks apart. Yeah. Until you, I was. I saw on Facebook it was your birthday. Um, like most people, I don't actually know the date of your birthday. Uh, so two weeks and club. several years. Uh, did you have a nice? Did you have a nice birthday? What do you do? What does a, a Japanese boy birthday look like? It looks like me sitting in a bar alone with oh. my pet, my toy cat, and just sitting drinking slowly, looking at the. Table and just wondering why. No, it was a good birthday. Actually, <laughs> I met up with some friends, and uh, I told you I bought the desk. Got the desk, and right, okay. uh, more oh, recently, was that a little birthday present to I've, yourself, a little desk. It was a birthday present to myself. Yes, yeah. so I remember years ago. I'd get excited about Buzz Lightyear for my birthday, or Nintendo sixty mm. fours and Playstations, and now a desk. It's come to that. <laughs> That's when you know you're an adult, right? You get excited by a bloody desk. <laughs> But I've topped it off this week by buying myself a swanky chair to go with it. What? Uh, so now I'm sorted, mate. The only problem is I've very stupidly put the chair uh, and the desk on a tatami room mat. So, you know, tatami mat. Yeah. The kind of very delicate, fragile material. And my wheels of my chair have just torn it up to pieces. Oh, no. Very stupidly. So now I've got to invest in a carpet. So I knew this would happen. I knew I'd get a desk and it would lead to a domino effect of having to buy <laughs> lots and lots of additional things. Your, ha- uh, your yeah. house is going to be for your soon. birthday? Uh, what do you get for my yes. birthday? Um, <clears throat> well, I've not seen a few... I've not seen many people since I've, I've had my birthday because I was on holiday for about 10 days and I just got back on my birthday. Uh, started in Denver, went down through Colorado Springs, Boulder, and uh, down through New Mexico, Taos, oh. went to Taos, weird little art collective, sort of Mexican town, um, and then across to um, sort of San Antonio, then uh, out of Austin. But, uh, man, I love that part of uh, the world. Yeah, I've been meaning to go around there. Myself. If I could drive around one part of America, it would be there. I'd live in Seattle and I would holiday around New Mexico and Colorado. Ah, in I, w- I would yeah. definitely live in... You lucky devil. 
I would definitely live in some... I'd, I really liked Colorado Springs. What a beautiful part of the world. These beautiful, um, massive mountains, and it's just like a little mm. city. Very interesting. Very interesting. And yet, it's not your only holiday this year, is it? It's not my only holiday this year. I'm actually <laughs> You've already had a holiday as well. You've already just come back from Italy. You I went like, to America. I like doing holidays, and now you're Chris. you your next holiday. It's what I live for, mate. Yeah. I'm starting a new podcast abroad in Italy. <laughs> I'm doing <laughs> podcasts where I talk to an Italian Another man. Another addition I'm, to the empire. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I will be coming back to Japan in October. That is booked. Um, but um, to be honest, Chris, uh, and this will come into the subject of the show... I've not got mm. plans. I've not got a distinct plan on what to do because obviously I've done bits and bobs, but I've not. You've done, done the golden route. I've done the golden route, which is is that Osaka, uh, Kyoto, yeah, to- and all the one we talked places. about Tokyo, yeah. Kyoto, Osaka. You've mm. seen all the kind of standard stuff, yeah. And you've even ventured north a little bit. I've I shown have. you around, haven't I? I, uh, no, I mean, we did the two weeks, the two week. What was it called? Two weeks in Japan mm. podcast a few weeks ago. It went down really well. And soon after, I got like hit by a wave of uh, comments and emails of people asking for the next two weeks in Japan uh, what? Uh, what you would do if you come back again. And so that's what we're going to touch on today. So not only are we going to hopefully get together some sort of itinerary for your next trip, but mm. help people who want to come to Japan dive into a more wild part, a more kind of adventurous part of Japan. For does my this, money, anyway. Does this mean that my uh, next trip is tax deductible? I think it is. <laughs> I, if the tax man's listening, that's your whole plan behind this is. podcast. I definitely talk to a man who lives in Japan every week. <laughs> tax deductible, <laughs> certainly you, fantastic. You're making me even more cynical than I am now. And and you're okay, a man- David Irving's joking, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I think he's actually being. Uh, yeah, but I gave you the the platinum route when you mm. came last year. Chris, that sounds so filthy. I gave you the diamond the route. Go- Good lord, <laughs> the gold plated diamond route. You've done diamond it. Route. Um, but we're not going to talk about that today because that requires a car. And for the diamond route, the route north, uh, I think most people aren't going to have a car. So the right. route that I've devised, the plan that we've come up with today, uh, is a route where you could just use your Japan Rail Pass and kind of wing it and don't need to rent a car. We'll come to the car one later on down the line. Mm. Sound good? Sounds good to me. Since I can't drive, that's my only option. <laughs> Wait, you can't drive? No! I've never needed to. I, mean, I, always, I don't know that. I've always lived in London. We did a whole road trip That's... through Colorado Springs and all that, and there was one person driving. And I went to Walmart, and I bought these letters, um, these plastic letters um, that said the word fart, and I stuck it on the back of the car, unbeknownst to the driver, and then at one point he just realised that he'd been driving around for about a thousand miles with the word fart written on the back you of his car. You are the worst kind of passenger. The very As best a... kind of passenger. Fantastic display of British humour there, isn't it? <laughs> but I didn't know that. I didn't know you can drive. You'd no. be pretty useless in a zombie outbreak by well, running into a car. No, because Pete, we... start the engine, start the engine. I can't drive. I can, oh. I can start the engine. I could, run, I could run over a few zombies. I've had a few lessons, but what I would say is, Chris, if there was a zombie apocalypse, I reckon petrol would be at a premium and it would be very difficult to find enough petrol to get around after a while, so... <laughs> I'd be dead within days anyway, because I won't be able to get my asthma medication. I'm a shambles, Chris! <laughs> yes, you are. Mm. Thoroughly useless. Right, so today <laughs> I've uh, been working on a map all day, I've been slaving away with my laptop, uh, on a map, on a plan for this trip. Uh, so I'm going to be reading off my map. Uh, and if anyone, to those of you listening, you can actually access this map. We've put it on iTunes and anywhere you find this podcast, in the description. Mm. It'll be there, you can click on it, and we'll have the itinerary 
and a map of Japan with all the spots on it and locations. And all the places I've chosen are actually places from my videos because I realised the Diamond Route is basically just my channel, um, which is a very clever marketing plan that I didn't mm. even realise I was doing the whole time. Um, but yeah, all the videos that I've made generally over the last two or three years have been North Japan, ah. the kind of the opposite direction to the Gold Route. So a lot of the places on this list, you can actually see them in, in my videos. Very clever, that, isn't it? There's a, there's a tourism website waiting to be exploited right there. I'm doing, I'm doing uh, the hand motion. I'm doing the hand motion for synergy. I'm doing the hand motion for money. <laughs> right, so, so let's dive in. I'll talk about some places, mm. and you could decide if you want to go there or not when you come to Japan, <coughs> Mr. Ronald McDonaldson. Sounds good to me. All right, so when you get to Japan... Uh, I've said the, the same. Say you arrive on the first day. The first place I reckon you should drop into is Ueno in mm. Tokyo. Cheap accommodation. I brought this up before. It's cheap. It's accessible from the airport, and best of all, it's where the bullet train is to go up to North Japan. Yes. Now the Diamond Route. There's some debate over where the Diamond Route is. Um, there's a series of videos that came out recently that are beautiful. Just type in Diamond Route Japan into anything, mm. particularly YouTube, and you'll see these swanky, stylish videos where no expense has been spared. Mm. Um, and they look beautiful. They're designed to make you want to go to North Japan. Only thing is, though, they're not really North Japan. The three videos are in Fukushima, Tochigi, and Ibaraki, which are kind of just north of Tokyo. Yeah, that's Whereas just Whereas this of, trip... Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, it doesn't... It's, it, it's There's not a lot more, as far afield as I'd hoped. As we've discussed, Japan, or as I've discussed, Japan is a big sausage, and that is but <laughs> half of the sausage. <laughs> So Another speak. sausage analogy. <laughs> I don't think one week has gone past without the word sausage appearing in some sort of analogy. As, <laughs> as well it shouldn't. That's what I think. As well it shouldn't. <laughs> but my plan, this diamond route, um, basically involves you going kind of far north, up into Tohoku, hmm. across the Tsugaru Strait, across Honshu and into Hokkaido, and then flying back from Sapporo into Tokyo. It makes sense to do that. Or you can get the bullet train now. There's actually a bullet train that goes all the way from... Um, Hokkaido down to Tokyo. But anyway, that so it's kind of a big loop around. Because that hasn't always been the case, has it? Because that, that's quite a recent development, isn't it? Having a bullet train. It is, yeah. There's always been like, there's been a tunnel that goes um, to Hokkaido for quite mm. a few years now. Yeah. A big cargo tunnel. But they've actually stuck a bullet train down there now. Yeah. And you can get to Hakodate in, I think, three and a half hours from Tokyo, which that's is remarkable. Good. Speed, yeah, yeah. Because but if you're going to Sapporo, you, you, you're better off flying. So. Yeah, because I, 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 I flew to uh, Sapporo and it was a, it was a, it was a fair old whack. It was a good um, hour and a half, two hours. I sit and recall. I can't really remember to be honest. You know that route's actually the, I think it's the busiest flight path in the world. Is it really? Why is that? Then? Yeah, because mm. a lot of people well, because Hokkaido is reasonably populated and mm. there's, it's just the quickest way to get to Tokyo, right? Ah. So people, yeah, and a lot of people do it. Yeah, a lot of people do it. So yeah, it's really busy, and it's really cheap. So I recommend doing that. So we go all the way up through Japan, and then do a flight back to from Sapporo to Tokyo. Mm. And the first destination on my hit list, and there's about five or five or six cities here, is uh, Sendai, where I live. Now you've been to Sendai, Pete, for about forty-five seconds. <laughs> what was your impression of Sendai? <laughs> I uh, was waiting for you because you had to finish some work, and because uh, you're a very busy mm -hmm. man. Uh, and I sat on my case, and I ate 
Like Paddington the Bear. Uh, Paddington the Bear. <laughs> Paddington the Bear is definitely not his name. Is that what he does? <laughs> yeah. um, I sat Sitting and I ate... his marmalade outside Sendai. Yeah, I ate, I ate a Coolish, uh, my favourite ice cream, and ate some um, uh, some fried chicken from the 7-Eleven and had a lovely time. Man. It seems like a really buzzy, busy city sort of thing. Yeah, when you come out of Sendai Station, it does feel like things are happening. Like, you come out on this big walkway, there's a few skyscrapers, there's mountains in the distance, mm. and it's, yeah, it's kind of a bustling city. Only thing I'll say about Sendai is, there isn't a whole lot in the city itself. Sendai is more of a good jumping-off point to other more impressive, amazing things right. within Miyagi Prefecture okay. and Yamagata mm. as well. And uh, one of the things on my list, the first thing we took you to, was, of course, Fox Village. Yes, well, that was the, that was my first taste of. Um, that wasn't even planned. No, it was my first taste of Chris Broad and foxes in uh, Japan. So there we yes. go. Um, and that, it was very interesting. I mean, it was kind of like a imagine getting off a plane, bit jet lag, bit sleepy, and then just being covered in foxes. Very exciting, very strange. No. I'm sure you've seen videos about. It. I'm sure you've seen Chris's video about Fox Village, but uh, well worth a bit of a shufty. But it is a little bit out of the way, isn't it? It is now. Yeah, I mean, Fox Village is in a place called Zao, and Zao mm. is a little town that I actually recommend visiting. There's all sorts of cool stuff there. There's a cheese shop that does some nice local cheese. I think I actually took you there. Fox Pete. cheese. Did I? I think I took you to che- There's no foxes in it, thankfully. But there is, <laughs> yeah, some nice cheese. Ah. And we went to a pork burger restaurant and there's a really great omurice restaurant that does omelette rice, which is rice with an omelette on. Okay. Which is a Japanese dish that actually works quite well. Um... <laughs> But there's all sorts of nice things in the Zao area, and mm. Fox Village is the biggest draw. Surprisingly, Fox Village is one of the biggest, or perhaps unsurprisingly, Fox Village is one of the biggest tourist attractions in all of Tohoku now, because of all the vloggers and bloggers that visited it, and just because there's loads of foxes. There in fact, is... we got a question, we got a message from someone called Pete Rogers the other day. All right, Pete! And he had a go at me for not featuring Fox Village in the previous Two Weeks in Japan podcast. He oh. says, Chris, how, how, how? How can you list off a two-week Japan itinerary and not include Fox Village? Thanks to your videos, I discovered it existed, and I even proposed to my fiance there. Great <laughs> podcast, Pete Rogers, London. He got married. He had Whoa. A, that's that's where he proposed. Fox that's Village. amazing. Well, well done, Pete Rogers, London, UK. Um, yeah, I, I think the that's, sea of foxes. It's risky, though, isn't it? What if one of the foxes think that you're talking to one of them, and then you might be married, uh, bound for life? Ride, ride, gonna, ride till they die. Foxes. You could be married to a fox. That's all I'm saying. Very risky. There's a point. Sometimes you you have a conversation with Pete. And you just don't know what to say uh, when you reply. Mm. This is this is one of those points where I don't know how to really go to, to this go to bizarre. Fox Village. But if you're going to propose, step outside because if you marry a fox, <laughs> who knows what the rest of your life is going to be like. That's all I'm saying. Note to self: mm. feed Pete to the foxes next time. <laughs> um, I would I would say it's a great place. To, to propose, don't think I'd go there for it, but well done, Pete Rogers, congratulations. Pete Rogers. And now I've redeemed myself by featuring it in this <laughs> itinerary. Uh, so yeah, Sendai, great jumping off point. You've got mm. Zao Fox Village. You've also got Cat Island. Cat Island! Is another very popular place, yes. You know about Cat Island? I've heard about Cat, because I've been at Rabbit Island down in the south, but I've not been to Cat have, Island, yeah. which would, I mean, for me, it'd be a terrible move, because I am highly allergic to cats, um, but um, <laughs> it's just a similar sort of thing, isn't it? Island covered in cats... And no one seems to know why. Or maybe people do. I, 
Well, apparently there was rats there, and they want to get rid of the rats because they were eating the uh, silkworms. And the island's economy used to be dominated by, by silk. Uh, silk. Ah. So they got the cats in to kill the rats, and they loved the cats so much they built a shrine and let the cats breed forever and just take over the island. And now the island has 200 cats and about 50 people on it. So the cats <laughs> are kind of taken over, had a coup, and actually taken over the island. It's like the and, film uh, um, Isle of Dogs, which I believe you've still not seen, Chris. I've st- don't rub it in. It's not even <laughs> out here. You've watched oh. it like two months ago and it's still not out here. Come on. God damn it. Damn you films in Japan. Uh, but yeah, no, Cat Island, I actually quite like it. It's quite a nice little island. Mm. Cats aside, and they are quite cute just running around. Uh, I think you could get by without your... With, I've got a cat allergy as well and uh, oh, yeah, it didn't affect me there. Just don't touch cats and you'll be fine. Don't touch but cats. it's quite a spectacle. You know, you, you go on this little boat that goes through some fog, and there's always fog around the island. I don't know why. It's like an hour-long boat ride. You come through this fog, and it's a bit like Jurassic Park, but slightly more disappointing. <laughs> and the boat arrives, you get off it, and there's, like, a sea of cats, like, run towards the boat because they think, food's arrived! <laughs> and it's just really surreal. There's no other way to describe it, really. It's just surreal. They, um, they don't move in herds. But it's it's a great place to just actually relax for the day. Only mm. thing is, there's only like two or three boats. So if you go there, you really do have to make a day of it. You go right. on like the nine a.m. boat, and you come back on the one the one p.m. boat. Um, so yeah, that is a whole day kind of mm. thing. That's so that's, that's a good thing mind, about yeah. uh, Rabbit Island. There is regular boat service. I think every hour or every yeah, hour yeah. and a half, that you can sort of get back and back and forth. Yes, and um, another good alternative is uh, there is Yamadera, which is a beautiful temple, one of the most beautiful temples. In all of North Japan, one of my favourite places, mm. it's about a 50-minute train ride from Sendai. Right. And the best way to describe it is, have you seen Batman Begins? Uh, I believe I have, yes. Do you know that he, like, Bruce Wayne goes to this temple uh, and like learns how to become Batman? That's right, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Up a mountain. That's what it's like. To me, that's what it feels like, because you have to climb up this mountain. It takes about 30 minutes, and you go through this big, tall forest, you climb up stairs... Beautiful temple at the top, mm. and it's just really, really relaxing. In winter, you've got all the snow; it's very beautiful. In summer, the green like leaves and all the valley—it's a very beautiful place. And I, I highly recommend it. I really do. I'd like to take you there. I wanted to take you there when you were here, but we didn't have enough time, unfortunately. We had to ra- race back to Sendai to put you on the train back to Tokyo, if <laughs> I recall. But I would recommend going there. It's one of my favourite temples in all of Japan. Uh, so that's another good place. And on the way there, there's also the Nikka Whiskey Distillery, which I visited a few months ago with my good friend Ryotaro, where you can try whiskey. Nikka ah, whiskey. Yes. Black Nikka black whiskey uh, is what it's called. Um, and it's a very fine whiskey indeed. Um, taste, and you can try it. You can try different varieties. And yes, and you go in a big, there's a big warehouse. You can go in and see. Hundreds of barrels filled with whiskey that are kind of maturing there for like 12, 15 years. So that's really cool. So if you're into your whiskey, you could go there. Didn't it wasn't somebody um, watching one of your videos uh, while you were in that distillery and they were, they happened to be drinking the same kind of whiskey? No, <laughs> I'm, that, sure, you I'm that sure you told from. me that. No, I'm sure you no. told me that. I'm not having this. No. Uh, maybe I read it in the comments and you just not keeping up with your comments. <laughs> I'm not it's having only, it. Oh, maybe you're right. Actually, yes, I did actually see that in the comments section. Yes, a viewer uh, was there. And they saw me filming, I think, uh-huh. walking around with the camera. So, yes, you're right. Well done. Congratulations. Good. Well done, everyone. And also, near the Nikka Whiskey Distillery, there is Aku Onsen, which is a really good, famous hot spring resort. The G8 or the G7 Summit, I always 
can't I can't remember which one it is. G seven, G eight. Keep adding. Uh, summit was held there, so mm. that was that's a really what, in, good hot spring resort. In the on, on in, in the onsen. <laughs> Just a lot of in the old onsen. Fat, all the old fat politicians just sat in there. Yeah, <laughs> there would have been like uh, George Osborne <laughs> the UK there. He was actually there, um, and all sorts of figures sat in a hot spring naked talking about economics. Fair dues. So, but it's a those G seven aside, it is a really nice onsen mm. hot spring resort. It is only about thirty minutes outside of Sendai, and I highly recommend there as well. Is there anywhere else in Sendai worth going? Uh, yes, Matsushima Bay, one of the three iconic views of Japan. That's oh. also about an hour outside of Sendai on the coastline, and uh, it's a great place to try oysters, get a boat ride around the bay, explore some temples, and that's supposed to be a nice place. Mm. I think it's a little bit overrated, but also a really good day trip. So lots of things to do in Sendai there. Which thing would you like to see the most, Pete? I would. Va- I, well, I, the thing is, I well, I, I do love it. I do love a hot Can spring. Can you pick one? do love a hot spring, I do love an onsen, I just think that that is the place for me, a nice, warm, but not hot, bath. I'm loving it. Right, so acute hot spring it is for you. That's that, That's where I'd be heading, and, and, and it's worth mentioning that the um, that the map that you've kind of put together, you've got little descriptions mm. and everything for, for every part of the um, of the map that you're on, so mm. it's well worth checking out in the description. Everything's down there for you, you don't even have to think about it, Chris has sorted it out for you. I'm really nice, I'm like the yeah. nicest guy ever. I know, right? For free. You can quote me on that as well. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no expense was spared on this map. I love writing the little descriptions, quirky Mm. little descriptions, and uh, linking all the videos. So, from Sendai, we head north, and um, the next place is about an hour or two north of Sendai, 90 minutes north of Sendai, and it's called Hiraizumi. And it's right in the middle of the countryside, Mm. which is half its appeal. Uh, And I made a few videos there... About six months ago, Hiraizumi is one of Japan's forgotten capitals. For a time, it was kind of, uh, it was bigger than Kyoto, actually. They had 100,000 people there. It was the Kyoto of the north. And then the ruling family that lived there, I think they died or they moved and that all went down the pan. And now there's about 20,000 people living there. Um, But it's a beautiful region. They've got some fantastic temples like Chusonji Temple and Motsuji Temple. But best of all, they've got go-karts. Wow! Drive a go kart. Yeah, <laughs> not not like the go karts that you see in um, Tokyo, the little Mario karts going around and just bothering everyone. Uh, yeah, I presume this is in, in a slightly more I, reserved area. I've, I'm not going to lie. I don't like the the Mario Kart go kart thing in Tokyo. Just annoys me because it happens. You see it like mm. ten times a day if you're in somewhere. Yeah, the, like the first Shibuya. time, the first the, the first time you see it, you're like, oh, that is so cool. Mm. That's so Japan. And then five minutes later. It's happening again, and five minutes after that, it's happening again, and everyone's just waving and being idiots, yeah. and I'm just, I'm just bitter because I can't drive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Furious. Even, well, even you could probably get in a go-kart, right? I've, I've checked. You need a driving licence. Uh, but, uh, but... Do you really? I've got, a, I've got like, a provisional driving licence. Are they really going to notice the word provisional? Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know, mate. That's a tough one. It is, isn't I don't, it? I don't it actually think you do need a driver's licence for it. But well, I could be wrong. Maybe it's just probably like am wrong. Checked. Let's face it. Uh, no, but that's know. a shame because I was gonna. That was gonna be something I wanted to show you because <laughs> the um, driving through the countryside on a go kart is just such a nice thing. Oh, yes, that would be cool. In yeah. Tokyo, it'd be chaotic going across many crossings and in between people and cars and things. Out there, when I did it with my friend, <clears throat> with my friend Ryotaro, it was just so relaxing driving through rice fields, nobody in sight or no cars in sight, mm. people tending to the rice, uh, fires burning. Um, Wonderful. Not, just not because there's just a fire, but because people 
make fires on farms <laughs> and uh, it's a lovely thing to do so I really enjoyed that yeah uh, and there's also a place called Gebeke Gorge which is beautiful described as the most beautiful place in Tohoku it's a gorge where you sit on a little raft and a guy punts you down the river with a stick and you oh. just sit there with this sort of the cool breeze coming through the gorge the sound of birds the kind of sound of the river below and lots of ducks harass you for bread which kind of takes some of the magic out of it but it's it's a really beautiful thing <laughs> if you want to relax and unwind everyone loves that um and then there's then 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 I don't know what else there is but that, there's lots of stuff there <laughs> <laughs> in terms of nature it's good and there's also a beautiful temple that's built into the rocks as well called Takoku no Iwaya and it's okay. one of my favorite temples it's a temple that is literally carved into the side of a cliff uh, apparently, in this cliff, there used to be some tribal folk. Uh, the old, I can't remember, comps not coming to mind. The people that used to live in Japan All right. years ago, who were kind of forced out. The Ainu people, that's it. They lived in this cliff in a cave. And then some samurai turned up and went, how about no? And killed them all. <laughs> oh. And not only got them out of the cave, but built a temple in front of it to block their cave and not ever let them go in again. Oh. So it's a beautiful temple with a sinister undertone to it. I like it. <laughs> a sinister cave. Do you have access to the cave behind the uh, cathedral slash temple? You don't. It's just been filled in with trinkets and, <laughs> like, statues. Cheeky samurai. Real finger up to the people that live there. Mm. Anything there stand out? Anything? Well, I want to go to a bloody temple that's, you know, set in, into a mountain, for crying out loud. You don't see that sort of thing quite. Like, you see that sort of thing in, like, Greece and, and, and parts of Italy, but you don't, uh, you don't see a lot of that in, in Japan. Do you? No, you don't. And again, you can go. You, you have to get there by go kart. So I don't, <laughs> don't know if a you bit can random, there, to be honest. But you go by bicycle. Yeah. You can cycle alongside my go kart. <laughs> well, really fun. Well, well, you've got you've got a big plan to um, cycle um, cycle Japan, haven't you? We'll probably talk about that in a later uh, email show because I think someone's done a little bit of cycling up and down Japan. Yeah, so, we'll talk so about that later. Yeah. But yeah, that would fit in nicely. Um, so heading north from there. Another 90 minutes to two hours, we come to Morioka City, the capital city of Iwate Prefecture. I think Iwate is the second biggest prefecture in Japan as well. Okay. I could be wrong. Right. I might be wrong. It's either the second or third after Hokkaido. It's a huge prefecture, and it takes a lifetime to get through it, which is why this is quite a good journey, because there's lots of cool things dotted throughout it. Mm. Morioka City, uh, what is there there? Well, lots of food. Whenever I go to Morioka can't even pronounce it. Whenever I go to Morioka, <laughs> I tend to make a lot of food videos. Mm. And so my itinerary for Morioka basically just consists of food. Uh, can oh. you see anything on there, Pete? Uh, I can see what we've got, got here. We've got um, the Wagyu Teppanyaki Steak in Wakana. Yes. Now, that's a special place in my heart. That was in a video. These All these places, actually, are, are in videos. And that Teppanyaki Wagyu Steak is not only... The best Wagyu steak I've ever had. Teppanyaki, they cook it on a griddle kind of in front of you. You sit there and a chef comes over, he chats to you, and then he puts down the Wagyu beef and he cooks it away for about 20 minutes. And it's just such a beautiful thing, watching, mm. watching him turn it over, cut it, prepare it, season it. And it's also the place where Natsuki came up with the phrase, justice delicious. Oh, That's really? That's how good it was. That's it, yeah. <laughs> the birthplace. I'd love to take you there, actually. Wakana forever. I'd love to take you there. <laughs> does, does the, does, does the um chef ever flip an egg into his hat? If not, not interested, mate. He might do. This okay. guy is very charismatic. Okay. I remember him being very talkative. And, yeah, no, it was a really awesome place. Um, that's one of my favourite videos as well with Natsuki. 
We had a really nice romantic dinner there. Aww. So I highly recommend that. If you're into your Wagyu beef, that's one of my favourite places. Or, no, it is my favourite. That is my best experience, I'd say, or, of or the many, many times <laughs> I've consumed beef. That's the number one. And it's a cut of Maizawa uh, Gyu. So all cuts of uh, Wagyu come from different regions. Wagyu, oh. Japanese beef. Maizawa comes from Iwate. Beautiful. And so, yes, best cut. Also, there's lots of noodles. That is where the Wankosoba noodle challenge is as well. Oh, God, so many noodles. That's Which? like the 100 balls of noodles or something. Yes. Too and much. I think you should try that. Let's No, not. you should do it. <laughs> yes. You've got to do it. <laughs> if you come, I, that's, that's the one thing I want to take you to do. When you talk about the decadence of the West, like, I mean, that is about as... De- well, to be honest, it's not that decadent because it's just noodles, but just too many noodles. I can only do one bowl of noodles and I'm done. Can't do a hundred. That's crazy. Yeah, but they're little, like, little bowls. You're little blighters. Noodles. They're just little blighters. <laughs> you get to shot them. That's fun. A woman says, woman comes out with a tray, you sit face to face with your opponent. Woman comes out with a tray of, like, 30 bowls, and then she kind of quickly tips it into your bowl you have to like shot it or eat it and you just keep going and when you want to stop you have to cover your bowl with some sort of lid and it can be quite difficult to do because you're off your head on noodles that's why well you're off your head on noodles but they're bloody fast Mm. like you're trying to i remember one time i was trying to put the lid on and she just sort of rushed in and poured the next noodles in and while i was eating those (laughs) in came the next one so it's very competitive very fast paced (laughs) but very fun it's the coolest Food challenge in Japan, for my money. <laughs> Way better than the bloody gyoza challenge and the ramen challenge that we did. <laughs> and your hands will get burned by noodles <laughs> as you try and put yes. the lid back on. Fantastic. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Justice delicious. Wow. So that's a cool place. And then there's Jar Jar Men, uh, which is another kind of noodles, which sound like an infamous Star Wars character we'd rather forget. Mm. Or, the ba- <clears throat> or the Baja a- Men who sang um, Who Let the Dogs Out. <laughs> that's a... Yes. Now I'm going to have that guys? song stuck in my head all day. Yeah. Jar Jar Men. Uh, noodles where you have this miso sauce on top. The best way to describe it is it looks a bit weird, but it tastes like spaghetti bolognese. Oh. But with the absence of meat. Yeah. Meaty. Um that's quite nice. And then there's Rayman, which is it reminds me of the uh, PlayStation character Rayman. Rayman was <laughs> yeah. like Rayman was a French creation uh, that had no wrists or legs, but he managed to have like shoes and, and gloves. It's weird. I remember being kind of creeped out by Rayman. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't know like why. It. Something about something about someone having no wrists didn't, <laughs> didn't settle well. Always His wandering, out a floating hands. Very strange. Yes, mm. but this this actually does. Is, is is not as scary as Rayman. It is a, a Korean dish, actually. It's uh, cold noodles with kimchi in, which doesn't... Oh. I don't know if that sounds good or not. I didn't particularly like it, but it's got to be tried. It's one of the three noodles of Morioka. So Morioka is actually famous for its three noodle dishes. Right, OK. Mango soba, jar jar men, and Rayman. Uh, jar jar men is worth trying. It's the best taste. Wango soba noodles is the funnest, and Rayman... Is just not even worth bothering with. So <laughs> that. It's not even on my itinerary. So okay. Finger up there to Raymond. So which of those? Would you? Which of those sounds the most appealing to you? Well, obviously, and I know what you're going to say. <clears throat> well, I'm going to say a steak, but I think the um, I think the I think the the, the Raymond noodles sound quite interesting because I, I I have had kind of like cold noodles with um, quite spicy stuff on it, like Korean style or Chinese style, and as long as like there's enough oil yeah. in there, it kind of works. I don't think this one does, but yeah. Well, uh, if we do go there, we could do both. Wankasoba <laughs> and my Zawagyu. Especially as I owe you, don't I? I said I'd give you some Wagyu beef if you, <laughs> if you convince Brian Cranston. Oh, that's right, yes. Yeah, well, there we go. <laughs> so I owe you some, some Wagyu beef. So heading north uh, from there, I'm zooming out on the map because it's so big and I don't know where I'm going. All right, next city. Now we're in Almori. About another hour and a half to two hours north of there is Hachinohe in Aomori. It's the, I think it's the second or third, second largest city in Aomori Prefecture. Uh-huh. And Aomori is at the top, the, the sort of top bit of Honshu. It's the most northern prefecture of Honshu Island. And Hachinohe is a really cool city. First time I went there, I didn't know what there was and I was really bored. Mm. And since then, since two years ago, I've been back there like three or four times. And now it's actually such a cool place there's so many fantastic things and top of my list is japan's biggest morning market oh uh, i don't know if you did you see i don't know if you've seen that video but i put it out about a year ago and it's a market with about 300 stalls you have to get up quite early so mm. the best time to get there is about five or six a.m Jeez. and it lasts around till 10 a.m i'm gonna say i was i was a wreck when i went there i'd only slept three hours because i'd i was with Ryotaro. we're making a video there and son of a bitch snores. He just doesn't stop snoring. <laughs> so I couldn't sleep. 
got to the morning market and uh, I was suddenly some energy came from somewhere and I had a right blast. <coughs> I think it's because it's a very dynamic market. Lots of people there at 6 a.m. You've got uh, stalls for everything from beautiful fresh coffee to fried chicken being made en masse and people queuing for fried chicken. Uh, there was a guy playing a guitar and some people dancing around. It felt like it could have been 3 p.m. in the afternoon in most other countries and yet yeah. only 6 a.m. And, uh, and, and, was, and, yeah. and they had, I seem to recall there was a fancy um, Apple vending machine. Yes, yes, that machine. was actually at yeah. a, um, a, a cool place, a cool inn, not far from there. Because <laughs> apples are the the famous food of Almory. Apples yeah. are everywhere. Too many apples. But yeah, biggest morning market, top of your list if you go to Hachinor here. Only thing is it's, on, it's only on, on Sundays... Um, and it's not on in winter, so bear that in mind. In winter, how, it's too damn cold up there. How do they make their money? <laughs> it's only on for four hours I a day. Don't know. It's only on on Sundays. What are they playing at? What's going on there? I know, right? But yet, yeah, best thing in best thing in Hachinor here. Other things in Hachinor here. Uh, I filmed a nightlife video there okay. last autumn with Ryotaro. That's where we filmed our Japanese nightlife video, mm. and they've got a really cool little load of alleyways littered with tiny restaurants and bars where you can have the owners basically there just the owner with a counter wrapped around them and about five or six customers and it's just a fantastic atmosphere so kind of i don't know in the winter it's really nice to be in there because it's so warm you open the door and you're in it's really warm and cozy oh yes but it's a great place to sit drink and enjoy the nightlife of japan and hachinor here so that's probably second on my list for hachinor here I think that's. I know you'd like it there. I think. <laughs> I think that's um, a, a similar sort of um, a similar sort of situation that you took me to in uh, Hakata, where it's just like very small, um, kind of um, little kind of pods, I suppose, isn't it? With like little kind of um, plastic sheets for yeah, doors, right. and they sort of you just pop in. How would you describe it? Um, it's, it's it's like a it's like an updated. Um, if you've ever been to Golden Guy, basically, like that's the size of it, basically. But they're like m- more cool and more. Um, New and and a little bit more open. It feels like more of a food market rather than a rather than mm. a stinky old bar. Yeah, it's nice because the owners specialise in one thing. The one I mm. took you to in Sakata, we went to a yakitori skewered meat place. Didn't That's we? right. That was quite cool. That's that quite was crazy. Fun. Wasn't it? Didn't it rain really hard as well? I've oh, yeah, it, it rained like it suddenly. rained like crazy. And like the thing about uh, Japan is like you, you really don't see rain like that. <laughs> and it rains and rains and rains and then it stops and it's fine and then it starts again. It's just incredibly heavy. And um, yeah, I'd, I'd never really seen rain like it to be honest. It was very abrupt. I remember. It went from being a nice, clear day to all of a sudden just this heaviest rain I've ever seen. And people were sitting outside, just outside the little stalls and things. And we had to sort of rush inside <laughs> and close the doors and bring all the tables and chairs in. Yeah. And it was, and but, it was the uh, other... Hopefully ev- that won't happen. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it won't. But, I mean, um, it was the first time I'd ever seen anybody smoke those... Um, it's Icos things. They're like a kind of uh, cross between a vape and a cigarette. You actually put the That's actual right. cigarette into the things, and, and your mate had one of those, and I was fascinated by the fact that pretty much everyone in Japan doesn't vape. They just use these kind of Icos um, in between kind of things. Yeah, electronic cigarettes, but there's actually it's actually a cigarette that you actually burn. Uh, you actually don't burn it. You, you heat it very quickly, so it comes to this sort of steam sort of thing. Fascinating, fascinating little device. And yet it smelled awful. It smelled like it burning tyres like, yeah. or don't, something. Don't smoke, kids. Don't smoke. I would uh, like to introduce then, uh, our new sponsor, Icos. <laughs> <laughs> 
Actually, I've not seen many people use them anymore. I think the oh, really? fad has kind of died off. Oh, it was just what? last year. Oh, well, never mind. My friend, that, my friend that was using it, he's quit smoking altogether now. So I think a lot of people see it as a way out of smoking. Oh, so, so maybe Icos it was a good device then. has backfired. Mm. Yes. <laughs> put people off. Uh, so just on the outskirts of Hachinor here, two other things of interest. Mm. Number one is the tomb of Jesus Christ. What? Because Jesus definitely died in Almori. That's a big shout, isn't it? I made a video. <laughs> I made a video there about two years ago. And I've been wanting to go up there for years. I'd known about it for like five years. Uh, but it's so kind of remote and out of the way up north. If you're not mm. doing anything up there, I couldn't go. And we got there and it's just a mound on a hill overlooking some rice fields right. with a gigantic wooden cross that's genuinely impressive in size and scale. There's like a little tablet from Israel, no less, saying this is a symbol of friendship to the region of Almori or something, which kind of... I don't, I don't think it lends it any credibility, but it sort of makes it all more impressive. <laughs> uh, and they've got the story of Jesus and how he ended up in Almori uh, and how he escaped uh, Jerusalem, he escaped being murdered, right. by travelling to Japan and living out his days in a rice field in Almori. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if it's worth going there. I can't work out if it is or not. Probably I, just for a laugh. Yeah, but. I don't remember that bit of the Bible, but, I mean... <laughs> I did go to Catholic school. I don't remember being taught that little bit, but uh, everyone's got their, their own little version and interpretation, haven't well, they? Well, they said, they said that uh, his brother Iskidi, or something, Eskidi, uh, took his place on the cross, and Jesus said, thanks, Eskidi, and then fucked off to North Japan. Cheers, mate. So his brother See sacrificed himself. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't have read about that bit in the Bible. No, uh, well, well, well when God it, says yeah. I gave you my only son, maybe he was being slightly facetious because <laughs> he's got a brother. Yeah, there you go. It's 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 all rather weird. Um, <laughs> it's funny though, as you st- as I stood there, I thought, this is. Imagine if he did die here. There's this idea came into my head. Imagine if he did. How weird would that be? How just and that for that reason alone, it's definitely worth going there. Just for that feeling of what if? What? I mean, it's definitely <laughs> bullshit. But he, what if he did? You know, he was off. He was it's, off for the uh, morning market. He's like, I can't get this morning yeah. market. I can't. I can't. Apparently, it's actually earth. a real person though. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think it might be an English teacher <laughs> from a few decades ago who the locals really liked, and he was probably like, "Yeah, I'm Dave, but you could call me Jesus." <laughs> yes, uh, just down the road from there is a town which is famous for having the best horse meat in all Japan, called Gonahe. Uh, <laughs> it's completely random. Imagine <laughs> that. One in the morning, you go off and see Jesus' team. In the afternoon, go off and eat a horse. Um, Jesus rode a donkey town, in a town, and then we ate him. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. This town, Godahir, used to be famous for raising horses for samurai. Right. And uh, after the samurai kind of weren't a thing anymore, they were like, yeah. "Wait a minute, what are we going to do for business now?" And they realised they could turn horses into food. Um, <laughs> So I made a video about that. It didn't go down too well. Lots of people that like horses were outraged and shocked and disturbed. Um, and yet, actually tastes quite good. Really nice. Yeah, um, I, had, I had horse meat in, uh, in, in Japan before. It's very, it's, it's very nice. It's a surprisingly light, was it a raw? light dish. Say again? Was it raw horse meat? Yeah, like sashimi, sashimi, yeah, yeah. Ah, right. See, basashi's all right, but this is actually cooked on a barbecue, uh, on a little griddle. Mm. Uh and it's a lot better cooked than it is raw, I can tell you now. Like, mm, I ate okay. it, and uh, Ryotaro and I, we made a video about it, Ryotaro and I decided that it actually tastes better than normal beef. Oh, well, there you go. It's got a more succulent, juicy flavour. So if you're into your meat, or you want to be a bit more adventurous mm. in the culinary sense, then uh, pop into there. And that's how you know here, in all its glory. <laughs> what do you want to go and do? 
Well, I want to see this Jesus. I want to see this Jesus. Jesus it is. Jesus. (laughs) We will go and see Jesus. Uh, And then, two hours north, we venture once more to the city of Almory, the capital city of Almory Prefecture Mm. uh, in Almory Bay. I don't know what there really is in Almory. That's a problem. Um, When I went there, I did some stuff on food. I made a video called Five or Six Things to Eat in Almory. Yeah. And there are some cool dishes there. There are some cool dishes. So the only two things I've got for Almory City are nokedom, which is a kind of make-your-own-fish-bowl. I can't talk. Bloody hell. Make-your-own-fish-bowl. What it is is you go into a fish market. Right. It's a really nice little fish market. And you get this book of tokens. Uh, Each token's worth, like, a portion of fish. And you get your rice bowl, just your bed of rice, and you go around, and there's about 20 shopkeepers dotted around, all waiting for you to walk past, and they're all selling different things, like someone's selling mackerel, someone's selling tuna, someone's selling squid. Oh, yeah. And you sample their wares, sample their fish, and then give them a token, and then they get the, you know, they'll take the fish and just put it on your rice, uh, which sounds like some sort of a weird analogy. Um <laughs> But it's it's a really quite cool way of experiencing a fish market because usually fish markets you just sort of wander around and go oh look it's fish, but here you actually kind of interact with the people you get to talk to the people that mm. sell the fish you get to buy it with these tokens and by the end you've exchanged six or seven tokens you've got your bowl of nice fresh fish straight out of the uh, Sugaru Strait and you can just sit there and eat your own fish bowl customized the way you want it so yeah. it's actually really cool fish market really clever way of making business there. A little bit of rice, a little bit out. of fish. What a way to start a day, I tell you what. <laughs> it is, it's, it's incredible how all these different fish markets, that's the only one I've been to that's had the foresight to actually make it good, actually <laughs> like make it into a decent attraction in itself. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't take much, does it? Because <clears throat> obviously it's a place of business, people are just, you know, Japan has a, an unending um, lust, a need for fish, so they need to get fish out, out, out of the CCC, and then to people's mm. homes and to, to, to restaurants and stuff. So it is important to keep things moving, but if you're a bit of an attraction, I mean, a little a little room where they have a lot of people giving you a bit of fish is a, a beautiful little touch, lovely touch. I think you'd enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. Do you like fish? I do like fish a lot, actually. And my, yeah, and my, and this time right. I am definitely not just going to be eating crap all the time. I would just sort of wake up and I'd go to the Seven Eleven, eat a pork bun, or I'd eat like some fried chicken. I'm going to, um, I'm going to eat a lot more fish this time. I think, I think. there needs to be a no fried chicken rule. No fried chicken trip to Japan. God forbid. <laughs> yeah. There's only one other place in Almori on my itinerary that I visited, uh, and it's a little ramen shop that does the weirdest variation of ramen I've ever had and yet it's strangely it works and it's called uh, curry milk ramen Ooh. so it's it's ramen miso ramen with a bit of curry in it and a bit of milk and it looks yellow which doesn't look the most appealing colour at first I've put it in the video you can check it out in the video uh, things to eat in Aomori and yet it's somehow it works the flavour of the curry the sort of spiciness of the curry soup is negated by the milk in there as well so it kind of I don't know it works I don't know if it sounds appealing does it sound appealing yeah I think uh, I think most of my favourite Indian dishes are very creamy so yeah curry milk Mm. I'm I'm for it I do not support they say it was influenced they say the owner uh, moved over from Hokkaido and in Hokkaido miso ramen's famous and you also put dairy products such as butter in your ramen in Hokkaido I'll get on that in a minute because we're going there on this trip but uh yeah, so he kind of took that influence. Don't know where the curry came from, though. Don't know where that came from. He probably just spilt 
some sauce in there and thought, wait a minute, this bit of spice, bit of spice, mate. There's a there's a yeah. uh, ramen restaurant around the corner from me, and they put peanut butter in their ramen, which kind of works, <laughs> though it's a little bit heavy. I was going to say it doesn't sound overly glamorous. No, <laughs> peanut peanut butter, peanut butter. Well, that can't work. <laughs> well, it, it, it can't it, work, can it? It kind of does because you get you, ramen. You occasionally get like kind of. Um, chopped up peanuts and stuff certainly in like the mm. london variants of it so like it just gives a bit of creaminess to the to the ramen and yeah it's not too bad it's not too shoddy not the worst idea in the world yeah, ramen amazes me there's so many things you can do with it like i went to the yeah. the ramp one of the ramen capitals of japan and it's a little town but they've got like 200 ramen shops or something ridiculous and it's amazing how they change all the different flavors and just change it just a little bit and give their own ramen some sort of identity. It's very malleable. What, is that the right word? Yeah, I think so. It's, it's a very, very adaptable very dish, isn't it? Yeah. It, they're, what, yeah. Like, uh, like uh, there used to be an advert for bird's eye potato waffles in England, and it was bird's eye potato waffles, <laughs> they're waffly versatile. So ramen, waffly versatile. Waffly versatile. Mm. Um, from Aomori, you can just catch the bullet train to Hakodate. Uh, in Hokkaido but there's one more town that I think it's there's worth checking out and that's called Hirosaki mm. I think it's the third biggest city in Aomori and it's it's a really nice city I've been there two or three times it was actually near where I was the time the North Korean missile went over uh, ah. I suppose that's the only the, the not so good thing about it is North Korean missiles go over there although now North Korea is a great happy brilliant country according yeah. to <laughs> the news peace peace in our time peace in Mr. our time Donaldson. still executing yeah. dissidents with uh, aircraft um, <laughs> weaponry but what are you going to do it'll be fine we're all friends it's awkward. now <laughs> it's awkward because I've got this video called how worried should you be about North Korea very ominous sounding video I put out in um, September or October last year in mm. the, after the North Korean missile thing and now I'm feeling like I want to unlist that because in it I was like there'll probably be a war in six months, and it's nah, gone you, completely you, no, I think, way. Thankfully, I think you were I think you were pretty level-headed about the whole affair personally. Maybe at the time, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't think you'll get blown up by North Korean missiles in Hirosaki. Uh, there's some lovely stuff there. First of all, there's uh, a Starbucks that doesn't look like a Starbucks. There's, <laughs> I d- I, is that worth checking out? I don't. But basically, it's a Starbucks that doesn't look like a Starbucks. It's in a very old-fashioned building, and it looks nice. I don't think it's worth going to Hirosaki for that alone, <laughs> but it's certainly worth dropping in yeah. for that. But out okay. the front of Starbucks, there is a guy who walks his pet tortoise every day. Exactly. And that's, now, that's worth sitting out the front of Starbucks for alone. You put on your tortoise. map Tortoise Man, and I don't care how quirky <laughs> this building is, I'd <laughs> want to see Tortoise Man. A man walking a tortoise. I seem to recall seeing that on uh, in one of your videos, just a dude walking his tortoise about. Hopefully, uh, right. the, the man and the tortoise are still with us. I imagine the tortoise certainly is, because they live forever. But, um, yeah. It's probably outlived the owner. I know. It's probably then just the, the tortoise running then, the house. N- no, the no, then, then the, it, no, then the tortoise could walk the corpse of the man. <laughs> just drag him <laughs> through the streets like a this horrible... This is getting very sinister <laughs> and unpleasant. I uh, inter- actually, there's not a lot of my itinerary for Hirosaki for all the amount that I've just bigged it up. Uh, there's a nice park. There's a great castle. There's mm. a fantastic memorial garden for a, an entrepreneur called Mr. Fujita, and he took all his money that he made in Tokyo and built this fantastic garden. That's one of the biggest in all of North Japan, and you can sit in the garden and eat apple curry, uh, which is a thing. Again, uh. apples famous food of Aomori. You can drink cider as well in. Hirosaki. It's From one the of the good few places where you can get cider. I'm up for that. But it's a nice little detour. It's a nice little detour. 
and just north of that there's a town called Goshogawara which is famous for having a fantastic festival with the tallest floats in Japan. If you've never seen them in one of my videos, I featured it in two or three videos, I think. Tachinepita floats, they're like 25 metres tall. Mm. Uh, these floats, they're made out of paper mache, they're absolutely terrifying. <laughs> like if you Google it, look it up, Tachinepita, they're so scary. Mm. They've got these very, they're kind of like these figures from Japanese folklore. They're very serious, they've got swords, and they're gigantic. And... Best of all, they're housed in a building that the sort of building that you'd find at NASA. Like you know, the building in NASA where the space shuttles built used to be yeah. built, and then the sort of building opens up and the shuttle comes out. It's the same for this because they're so damn tall. They're housed in this really high building, and then the entire side of the building opens up, and these big figures come out every year for the festivals. So that's worth looking at if you're into your Japanese festivals. I've never been to it. I'd love to go. I think it's in August, but I never made it. Uh, but it's a nice little detour again, and they are incredible. They're an incredible sight. I always sort of think, who's making money out of that? Like, how have they got the funds to create these amazing <laughs> characters? Who is requisitioning well, part of council funds to make these incredible characters? I'm for it. That's why I go to Japan all the time. But I just always worry for the, the fun, future of it. I do kill the fun. I just worry Keep about the, the future of these places. <laughs> Let's all have fun all year, but what about money? Oh, there's always oh, one. No. You're right, you're right. You're Apparently, right. these uh, they, in, in the early 1900s, somebody built these figures. They, the whole town came together and built these floats. And then there was a big fire, and all the designs were lost sometime around World War II. And then in the 1990s, they rediscovered the plans and the pictures. And oh, all wow. the locals have forgotten about it. It was like discovering fossils or something, even though it had only been from 100 years before. And they all came together, and they built one, and That's it was a so hit, cool. and they started doing it every year again. The mayor, yeah. apparently the mayor found the funds to do it. And more impre- even more impressively, uh, and more practically, the, uh, the entire town's electricity supply had to be buried at great expense, because these figures couldn't go around the town, because they would just cut down all the electric <laughs> cables, because obviously they overhang in yeah. Japan, they're overhead, aren't they? So they spent, like, millions covering all these cables up just for these floats. (laughs) But it's been good for the local economy because all the tourists come in and check out the floats. Yeah. uh, Yeah. So it pays off. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. (laughs) And they buried a lot of electrics. One of the few places in Japan that doesn't have uh, kind of uh, electrics kind of um, zigzagging the the sky. Yes. (laughs) It's, yeah, I'd love to go. I'd love Mm. to go. It's the one festival in Japan I'd like to see. That and the Penis Festival. Right. Moving on. (laughs) We catch the train over to Hokkaido, into Hakodate. We're now in Hokkaido, and I'd say you've got five days here. Then start in Hakodate. Yeah. Uh, in Hakodate, you've got, again, another another good old morning market. By this point, if you've done all the morning markets, mm. you'll have seen at least three. <laughs> it's, uh, the one in Hakodate is famous for its seafood because uh, it's just got lots of good seafood. don't know. It's, it's famous for its crabs. There's a lot of okay. crabs. If you like right. crabs... It's the home of crab. Okay. It's Hakodate, famous for it. So you've got to try crab. And it is delicious, and it is worth doing. You've got the Hakodate Ropeway, which is regarded as one of the best views in Japan of a city at night. Unfortunately, I went up the ropeway. I went up Mount Hakodate during the day, and I didn't get that famous view. Uh, no. Should have gone up at night. Don't know what I was, don't know what I was thinking, really. <laughs> Idiot. You're busy. And then, and then there's the embassy, yeah. The former British embassies there, and lots of... Uh, buildings from the 20th century. Lots of European powers turned up. Interesting thing about Hakodate is it was one of the first cities in Japan to actually open to the West oh. in the 1850s or 1860s. 
And so all these European powers rocked up and started building churches and embassies. So as a, around the port area in Hakodate, it's, li- it's like not being in Japan. It's like walking into another place. It's very bizarre. It's all a the little bit like, completely um, off. Is it, is it a little bit like, um, I'm trying to think, like Shanghai sort of thing, where there's a big French mm, contingent mm. sort of thing? I guess like Sapporo and um, Hokkaido itself, I guess, is probably uh, one of the earliest places to kind of get get contact, presumably, from the, what you would call mm. the West, because they would have come through... Would they come through Russia? I don't really know, to be honest. <laughs> probably after China. They, they went, would, where do we they go? Have, well, they came through Hakodate, mm. and then they would have pushed up into Sapporo. Mm. So I didn't get as much time there as, I, as I'd have liked. Two or three days is enough, I think. Mm. Okay. And then from Hakodate, head up onto Sapporo. <clears throat> but in between there, there's Hell's Valley. Nabori Betsu, Hell's Valley. Oh, my God. One of the three big hot spring towns of Japan. Um, there's a there's a geyser there that pours out like twenty thousand liters of water every minute or something absurd, and you kind of turn the corner, and there's just this mountain of steam rising up like a volcano, but at ground level. Uh, it's quite a sight, and I'd actually recommend going there. Fantastic resort. You can sit there and just relax and unwind. Have you been to a, anywhere like that before in Japan? Uh, hey. No, I've been to the geysers, the geysers in um, in Iceland. Jesus. The old geysers, the old, oh, uh, the, old the old springs, and that. But yeah, no, I've never, uh, never, never seen anything like that in Japan. To be honest, that's the thing about Japan. There's so much variety. There's so much. Yeah. <laughs> and there's there's morning markets. There's, mm. there's more, more morning markets. And then finally, onto Sapporo, and in Sapporo, you've got all sorts of stuff. And I've got a list here. I, this is all in videos as well, guys. Um, I would recommend having a look through some videos. I made mm. a video called Forty Eight Hours in Sapporo." With good old Natsuki, we were there... I was actually alive. We were there 72 hours, but I thought 48 hours sounds more romantic, right? Yeah, definitely. What do you reckon? Same with my uh, 48 hours in Hokkaido. That was a lie as well. We were there about five days. (laughs) Uh, So all my videos are just a pack of lies. But in Sapporo, you've got Sapporo Beer Museum, where Sapporo Beer, my favourite brand of beer, was Mm. born... Uh, I don't know if you'll agree with me on that, Pete, but uh, for me, Sapporo beer's the best. Better than Asahi and Kirin. It's just got a kind of richer flavour to it, I find. I've, 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 I'm a big fan of uh, Kirin Ichiban, but uh, yeah, Sapporo I will take as a second. Um, I, I did briefly go to Sapporo for like one, maybe two nights. I remember not particularly dressing for the weather. I had to go to uh, Uniqlo to buy some thermal underwear because it was very cold. Oh, it was winter, was it? Yeah, well, um, I think it might have been sort of October time, um, sort of Halloween time. Uh, we climbed Mount Moya. Ma- uh, is it uh, Moiwa? Mm-hmm. Moiwa. Um, and uh, we... Well, did we climb it? We didn't. We got a taxi up the <laughs> most of the way because the... Uh, Isn't there the, like a ropeway or something? There is a ropeway. There is a, a tram. A big, yeah, but they um, it was too windy, so they closed it down. So we had to get a taxi oh. up there, which was uh, quite rather, rather upsetting. Uh, more upsetting because once we'd finished doing what we had to do on the mountain, like as in look across a beautiful view, uh, we realised that we couldn't get back down. We had to ask the lady to ring us a taxi, which is quite uh, an edifying. <laughs> Pete Sapporo adventure. I know. Anything and then, else you recommend? Uh, there's a nice batting cage. If you want to do some baseball uh, hitting, you can uh, go to the batting cage and whack some baseballs around. You can do that anywhere. Around. I know you can do that anywhere, but it's, it was a particularly good one, and uh, I hurt my hands doing it because we're not we're not oh. a nation of baseballers. I tell you what, we're certainly not. I don't. I still don't understand the sport at all. No, even I'm surrounded by it. Given Quite it's dull. the most popular sport in Japan, hmm. but I mean, uh, other things in Sapporo are worth doing. 
You've got to try Genghis Khan, You've which isn't a Mongolian Genghis dictator, Khan. but a fantastic lamb mutton dish. Ooh, lamb mutton barbecue. Do I see you a lot? You sit of lamb there about? with your little. Yeah, well, it's quite rare. Mm. It's you get lamb mutton in Iwate and in Hokkaido. Those are the two places I think it's famous. Mm. And um, I don't know. What the, apparently, they call it Genghis Khan because they thought lamb. They thought sheep came from Mongolia. Or something ridiculous. I can't remember the exact story. But something to that effect. <laughs> or it's incredibly cruel the 20th to kill century. a lamb. They <laughs> <laughs> thought Genghis Khan equals lambs. Mm. Uh, equals lamb. So, yes. Uh, you've got to try that. Genghis Khan. There's a nice place I've put on the map here. And also ramen. Miso ramen is the most popular uh, type of ramen in Hokkaido. Right. And you've got to have some dairy foods in it, like butter. Or it's good to have some corn. As well, called nice. famous in Hokkaido. Okay. And Beautiful. lastly, in, Hok- in Sapporo, I would say go to the Koibito Cookie Factory, which is a confectionery wonderland. It's a theme park where Koibito cookies are made. You get to see the cookies being made, and it's a fantastic place. It's like Willy Wonka meets Japan. That's <laughs> way I can describe it. Okay. Japanese Willy Wonka. <laughs> yeah. And then from there, just hop on a plane back to Tokyo. Job done. You've done the diamond route. Congratulations and well done. I mean, You've that, that's, adventure. that's quite a journey, isn't it? We've seen um, cats. I think it's quite an adventurous journey, yeah. We've seen um, uh, restaurants, the Tomb of Christ, for <laughs> crying out loud. We've had Wagyu beef. We've had, oh, we've had a fox village. Fantastic. Well, as I said, um, you don't have to just take uh, Chris's word for it or my word for it. More Chris's word for it. Let's make that very clear. Uh, just click on the um, just click on the uh, link in the in the description for this podcast, and you can check box. out and you can check out the uh, check out the um, the map itself, and it's all mapped out there. There's links to videos, there's descriptions and things like that m- with uh, more kind of detail than we could put in the podcast. And it's uh, it's a lovely yeah. bit of work, Chris. You've you've spent some time, and you know what? It will pay off because people will enjoy this diamond route. And they'll look at my videos, and views equals ad revenue. Ha <laughs> <laughs> cynical. Damn it. No, it's a nice way of recycling my videos. Often you make a video, and two years later nobody watches it, mm. so hopefully you'll see it, you'll want to go somewhere, and it'll be good. But Beautiful. yeah, uh, I reckon the route will take about two weeks. Yeah. Anything less than two weeks, and you'll be rushing it, to be honest. Definitely. So, yes, two weeks. In terms of prices, I don't know that. You'd have to work that out yourself. But I recommend getting a JR Rail Pass. This route bears that in mind. You can... Do all the places more or less on this route without a car. Mm. So yes, that's all for now, folks. Though uh, yeah, do do the yeah. diamond route. Come again, and uh, <laughs> yeah, next week we have no time for questions this week. But we next week we're going to do twenty-one questions sent in by you guys, and uh, hopefully that'll make you happy. We'll try and get through twenty-one, but I mean we might not manage it. <laughs> We'll have to rush through we'll, a few. We'll do our best. We'll, we'll do, do our, our very best. best. Uh, we'll see you next week. If you do want to get touch with the show, how do people do that, though, Chris? Abroadjapanpodcast at gmail.com. It's as simple and as unalloyed as that. It's as simple as that. Darn it. Um, Well, I'll speak to you next week, Chris, and you'll speak to me, and we'll speak to the listeners. Farewell. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. No matter where you might be out there in the big wide world, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. We're both allergic to cats.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 